Good day, everyone. Welcome to Venice Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Castanis. This is episode 86, season four. Today's date is December 11th, 2021. And today, today's show will do something special. Uh, yesterday, we found out uh, about the death of Michael Nesmith on the monkeys. I will discuss him and my memories of watching the show and also discuss Christmas window displays at, at department stores in Chicago. Okay. Right now, the program will go into a commercial break, and this program is brought to you by Borden's Eggnog. And here's a commercial from late 1950s, early 60s. Enjoy, everybody. Thank you. It's holiday time, and Beauregard cries, Hey, look, there's a snowman ringing our doorbell. And Elsie says, That's no snowman. It's Elmer with a surprise. Borden's Eggnog, the extra special holiday drink. Mmm, Borden's, very big on flavor. Wow, Borden's Eggnog, now we can have a party. Borden's Eggnog is the delicious holiday treat the whole family loves, right from the carton. It's made with lots of eggs, milk, and real sweet cream. Rich and creamy, better than the best milkshake you ever tasted. Mmm, Borden's. Very big on flavor. This is the only time of year you can get it. So ask Mom for Borden's eggnog today. So by Borden's, very big on flavor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, I am back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that commercial for Borden's Eggnog. Uh, I love eggnog very much. Uh, I don't like it with liquor. I tried it once. It tastes weird to me. I'm not a drinker. so. Uh, but as I said, I love eggnog, but it's very fattening. And thank goodness it's only once a year to drink it. So uh, I don't have it in my house because no one else in my house drinks it except me. So... Uh, you can get it at Starbucks. You know, they have eggnog flavor coffee, which is fine. As for Borden's, uh, I think they're still in business. I think I've seen a few items on sale on Amazon. I could be wrong. Uh, but uh, in the old days, uh, people bought their eggnog at A&P or they buy it at Dean's Foods. It's still around. And there, there was also Wanzer's and uh, Hawthorne Melody. You know, dairy companies uh, and Bowman Dairy. Excuse me, I forgot about them. And uh, but the best way to make eggnog is homemade. You know, that takes a lot of time, but if you have a big party, you can serve it and we'll enjoy it with or without liquor. Okay. As I said uh, at the top of the program, I will discuss uh, Christmas windows display at department stores and the. Also, the uh, death of Michael Nesmith from The Monkees. And uh, we'll talk about him and my memories of the show. 
And right now we'll talk about Christmas window displays at the department stores in Chicago. Uh, on, on my Facebook group, Vanish Chicago Land, I posted a poll. And I, I entered all the choices and said, which store had the best Christmas displays on the window when you went downtown or in the suburbs, anywhere? Uh, the choices I put were Marshall Fields, Weebles, uh, Carson Perry Scott, Sears, and let's see, other, I can't think of the other ones uh, on top of my head, but uh, overall, the majority of the vote was Marshall Fields. Of course it was, because their windows displays are were beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and uh, now they, may, it's owned by Macy's, they do have that. It's not the same. I don't know. It's like uh, it's an, like a different identity, you know. But thank God the Walnut Room is still there, and they have the Christmas tree. But I wish to we'd go back to Marshall Fields, go back to the old days. I remember. Uh, I think my mother took me one time in the seventies uh, to see the window displays. I, that was only once, and it was beautiful. I really loved that. And uh, also Carson. Uh, Pierce, Pierce Scott, excuse me. I remember seeing those, and uh, we. Weebles. Um, also, uh, the Christmas decorations um, were at Fort City, where I lived on on the Ash in the Ashburn neighborhood from the you know for a long time. And I remember Fort City Mall were decorated beautifully Christmas time with all the stores, especially Weebles. Oh, heavenly! Which I run a Facebook group uh, called Classic Fort City slash Peacock Memories. So if you're on Facebook, you can join. You know, it's a very popular group. And uh, Fort City's still there. Unfortunately, it's not the same. I try not to have people discuss it at the current stage because it gets a little hairy, you know, so I don't want to do that. But we, but the group is about talking about how it used to be when we were growing up. And that's, uh, and that's the focal point of the group. And I... I hope a lot of people agree on that, but uh, once, but you know, you get one bad apple and they start uh, blabbing about, oh, it's terrible, everything's ruined. It's not the same. It's you know, I I, I agree with that. I can't I can't deny that, but uh, that's not what the group is about. So uh, the poll went very well, and uh, the last I looked were about twelve hundred votes for Marshall Fields. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, and uh, and uh, Carson Carson Pierce got they had the uh, village, the Christmas village, uh, probably in the fifties and sixties. That that was beautiful, it really is. I have a that's my cover photo on my Vanishing Copeland page. You can check it out. And uh, a lot of people mention other stores. Uh, I remember Woolworths on State Street. I think they had a Christmas decoration. They had Christmas displays just on the windows, so you know it was magical back back then. Magical. Okay, and that's all for that. Uh, next, we'll talk about uh, Michael Nesmith and the monkeys. Now, I found out everyone found out about his death yesterday. Um, it was unexpected, but expected because he was very sick and uh, because he had quadruple uh, bypass surgery. You know, his heart about. Not too long ago, but he was on tour with Mickey Dolenz, you know. And but it was a final farewell tour, and that was that was very sweet, you know, very well, actually bittersweet, you know. 
And so Mickey Dolenz is the last surviving monkey. He's the last one. The others have passed away. Uh, Davy Jones died in 2012. Peter Tork died in 2019. You know, and that's just it. But, you know, when Davy Jones died, that was a shock. That was a shock. That came out of the blue. You know, and uh, he was, you know, he's quite popular. You know, and you and the TV show, I'll tell you, I will discuss memories of that. The first time I saw it, uh, I didn't see when it was aired because when it when it aired in 1966, I was three or two or three years old, so I was too young. But then the show ended in 1968, and then it went to reruns, and then uh, but it aired on NBC on Channel Five WMAQ, and then it went into reruns on CBS Saturday mornings on WBBM, and that's where I first saw him. That's where I first saw him. And uh, the funny thing about the show is some of the songs were replaced from the original broadcast. It was, and they replaced songs that um, when the monkeys broke up in 1970, there was just uh, Mickey Dolenz and Davy Jones. And they, and they were song, they were, they played songs from their albums from the, from the early seventies. That was bizarre. You know, I wish I'd seen that. You know, I remembered it, but uh, that's what I remembered watching the show. And when it was syndicated, uh, it first was syndicated in, in Channel 32, WFLD, on 70, I'm just thinking 76, 77, you know, around there. I remember watching it. It was aired at 5 o'clock. I was excited to see that. And uh, they had the original songs. Uh, it was I know it was, it's edited, but the songs were there. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to watching the show when it came home from school. You know, I watched the regular shows. Like, oh, is it The Flintstones, Gilligan's Island, Magilla Gorilla, Speed Racer, Prince Planet. And then the monkeys were on. And then um, they had the Brady Bunch, too. And then Partridge Family came later. And, uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know what it was with the shows. They were fast. I was fascinated to watch. And, you know, some didn't make sense at all. <laughs> But the music was great, you know. It's uh, infectious. It was, it's some of the songs that stuck in your head for days, you know. And you know, even though they don't didn't play the they didn't they didn't play their own songs. It was uh, recorded from voice and heart, uh, the songwriters. And but they did make their they, they did record their own music, you know. Um, the boys were not all musicians, but um, Michael Nesmith had. You know, he was a, he was a songwriter, but he never acted. He never did acting. Neither did Peter Tor. You know, they wrote songs. And uh, but uh, Mickey Dolenz, David Don David Jones, did some acting. You know, uh, Mickey Dolenz did Circus Boy. That was a 1950s uh, TV show. And uh, David Jones uh, from England, he did uh, Broadway. You know, he was on the stage. He did a few acting jobs, but he. He was a marvelous singer. He really was. Uh, Mickey Dolenz, yeah, he was, he was fine. You know, but uh, as the years went on, uh, the guys did very well, you know, and uh, their albums were popular. Oh, my God, they were so popular. These, uh, and better than the Beatles, you know. And there's a picture somewhere floating around the u Internet that they met up with the Beatles. There's the Monkeys and the Beatles. <laughs> I wish they were on the show. That would have been funny if they did that. <laughs> but, uh, 
but um, oh, I don't know if the Beatles were jealous or didn't like when the monkeys started. I maybe they did, but I think they were fine. They were okay, you know. You know, because they were from England, the Beatles, that is, but uh, and the monkeys only Davy Jones was. So, uh, interesting enough, uh, when the Beatles uh, performed on the Ed Sullivan Show in February 1964, uh, Davy Jones appeared in the same episode. And he did, uh, he sang a song from the uh, musical Oliver, and he was there. I mean, who knew? <laughs> From what, and uh, that was a kind of ironic or weird like that. Anyway, so uh, I enjoyed watching the show and reruns um, all throughout the years. Uh, there are two episodes that were my favorites. Well, actually three, but well, the third, I'll start with the first one. The first one was called The Devil and Peter Torque. That's where uh, Peter bought a harp at a pawn shop from a man. His name was uh, Zero. Actually, he was the devil. So, and uh, he signed some contract. And uh, when the guys found out about it, they threatened him to take to court, which they did. So um, they went to hell, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure it's that. And uh, there was, and then uh, Zero uh, called witnesses character witnesses i guess and some one was blackbeard a pirate and uh i don't know there were three of them but the other one was attila the hunt and so mickey you know questioned him and uh, but uh, attila hunt spoke chinese i think he was chinese i don't know what language he spoke and uh, mickey was talking gibberish you know they're going back and forth back and forth and then then mike said something and then attila uh, hunt said you know, he sat down. He, he was scared, and then and Mickey asked Mike, well, "What did you say to him?" And he said, "I don't know." <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> you know, but that was that was a good episode. It really is. And at the end, uh, Peter played the harp, and uh, you know, he was not, he was uh, the contract was, uh, was broken, and they were, those guys were sent home free. That was a good episode. I like that. The other one was uh, called. The spy who came in from the cool. This, uh, the uh, the devil episode that was from season two. This is from season one, and uh, this is uh, the guys were involved with some spy caper, and there was some microfilm involved, and uh, it was hidden in some a pair of maracas that the guys went to a pawn shop, and, Dave, and Davey played those, and he got he got a hell of it, and the spies were trying to get him. And uh, but the Central Intelligence Service, you know, tried to recruit the mon the monkeys, you know, to help catch these guys, and they did. And there was two uh, scenes that was so funny. Uh, one was uh, it was about the Doomsday Bug, and when they showed the bug, it was, it was like a big poster, and then those guys got scared <laughs> looking at it. And the other one scene was um, they were pretending to be like in spy school and uh, Mickey was a teacher and there was a um, there was an Asian man his name was either Yakimoto or Utomoto and then uh, he was like uh, he was big and when you have Davy Jones he's so short <laughs> and he was trying to you know take take you know just knock him down he couldn't but uh, he was threatening 
I love the episodes. There were other classic episodes. They really were. And, um, you know, they did 58 of them. Then the guys did the movie Head. I saw the movie, but it was kind of weird. It's a weird movie. But they had uh, Jack Nicholson, Annette Funicello. Um, somebody else was in it. I, I can't remember. But I've seen it once, maybe twice. I'd like to see it again because it's, it's a strange movie. But it's as time went on, it, it's really good. It really is. You know, it's uh, fascinating to watch that. Okay, and now I'll talk about uh, Michael Nesmith. And, uh, you know, he died at the age of 78. He was born in Houston, December 30th, 1942. I think he was, he had the same birthday as, uh, I don't know, Davy Jones, I guess. I, I don't remember. Um, you know, I can't think of the top of my head. I could look it up real quickly. Let's see. Yeah, they both had the same birthday. Uh, although, um, my mechanism was about, he was three years uh, older than David. And, uh, you know, he never acted before in the audition for the monkeys, you know. And uh, according to some stories, he was, uh, you know, he caused a lot of friction, a lot of, uh, it was very volatile, he, you know, because he wanted to uh, he wanted to write the, his own songs, and eventually, during the show, that happened. And there were so, uh, and his one of his songwriting credits was "Different Drum," which became a hit for Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies. It's a very good song. I like that. And uh, and then he had a top forty hit called "Joanne." I never heard that song. I wanted, maybe I'll hear it again and download it. And uh, he did. And uh, believe it or not, when the monkeys ended, monkeys ended, he went. He went to college part time and, and studied history. It was very interesting. Now, an interesting fact about him was his mother. His mother was Betty Nesmith, and uh, believe it or not, she was the inventor of. Liquid paper, which we all know to this day. And uh, she was working at uh, somewhere at an office in Dallas. And uh, yeah, she worked at a bank. She was a secretary. And she, so uh, I don't know how it really, how she really invented it, but uh, I don't think by accident. I think she worked on the. You know, it's, uh, she was working because she did some decorating to uh, painting holiday windows on the bank. And uh, she put some tempura, white tempura water-based paint in a bottle. And then she used to correct mistakes with it. And then uh, and then one thing led to another. And then, she, then it began to, she began to market calling typewriter cor correction fluid. As mistake out, and then it it was uh, that was that's what it was first first called in 1956, and then it changed to liquid paper. But you know, I'm thinking now a lot of people don't use typewriters anymore. We have computers, and uh, I don't know if some people. I think you could still use liquid paper, but not for typewriting. You can use it for when you handwrite or other writing method. So it's still in the market. You know, and you could buy it. You know, I used I used that uh, during the 80s when I went to DeVry and I had to type uh, 
paper. So I use a uh, electric typewriter. I remember that one. It was Smith Corona. It was a beautiful one. It was like where you entered in a screen, and then once you update it, it'll print out your paper. First, you have to ver you know verify your mistakes. <laughs> and so she became a millionaire, and then Michael invent uh, inherit the fortune, and he became a wealthy, wealthy man. You know, and uh, you know, good for him. You know, to did that and. Uh, when the monkeys ended, uh, you know, he didn't join um, Mickey Dolenz and Davy Jones. They continued the monkeys. They record, uh, they recorded songs and all that. But you know, when they had reunions, most of the time Mike did not participate, but he did sometimes. And there was one monkeys TV special, I think, like 97, 98, and they all reunited for, for the last time on television. And I watched that, and that was pretty good. That was a lot of fun seeing that it was like a monkey's episode <laughs> when they do the all kinds of goofy stuff like that which is yeah, that's pretty uh, interesting anyway uh bes bes mike nesmith besides did the recording he was an executive producer he uh for a couple movies one i think was uh tape heads i think and repo man you know i remember those yeah i remember that I never saw the movies. So, and then he did um, something something unique um, called a show called Elephant Parts, and that was on I think on MTV. I got to look that up because that was very interesting. And he was interviewed on on talk shows in the eighties. I remember one on uh, let's see, not with Johnny Carson, with uh, what was that called? Uh, David Letterman. And you can find clips of that on YouTube. And he discussed about uh, elephant, elephant parts, you know. And, uh, you know, and that, I remember watching that. That was fascinating. That was fascinating indeed. And uh, it was a comedy. Yeah, it, was, it started in 1981. I've been uh, right around the time uh, MTV started. And they were, sh I think, I believe they were shown on MTV. And then... Uh, and then it became uh, television parts uh, on Channel 5. It didn't last very long. So, you know, but it was uh, unique for him. He was uh, interesting. It was an interesting series. Very interesting. You know, it was like VH1, you know, pop-up video <laughs> like that. So the, um, the later years, he toured with uh, with the Monkees. Um, some of them passed away and some survived. Uh then the last tour, this was the Farewell Tour with Mickey Dolenz. And they, I think they stopped performing about maybe a month ago. Could be that. So you can find interviews of him and Mickey on YouTube. And they discussed that, which I, I watched a couple. It was very fascinating indeed. So, And it's a shame he passed away, you know, because uh, we grew up with him we grew up with the monkeys we watched the tv show in the 60s and on reruns and there is still going on it's on me tv um i bought this series on dvd uh, about ugh, maybe 10 years ago 10 15 years ago i still have them they're enjoyable they're uncut you know and uh right now they have a blu-ray available but it's very expensive very expensive. I, you can, I don't know if you can still order it because it, it was limited to some copies 
I don't know how many, maybe 2,000 or so. But I do see it on eBay, and they ask a lot. And uh, according to some people, it looks gorgeous. It really does when you watch on TV. But there, I think there are a couple of things that are cut, or maybe not. I don't know. Or some special features that, not, that were included in the DVD, the regular DVD, but not in the Blu-ray. So I might buy it someday. We'll see. I don't know if I cough up some cash. <laughs> All right. So and then uh, so. You know, we're condolences to Mike Nesmith and his family, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll still, you know, the program is still there. He's still there on TV. You can watch him anytime, you know, on your DVD or catch the reruns. You know, he's still, the monkeys are still there and they, they're very appealing, you know, and younger people love it too. Their music is wonderful. I love their music. You know, they have classics and they play on the radio all the time. Also, I have it on my uh, Apple Music. So listen to that. And uh, one of the, one of the favorite songs I like is um, is a Christmas song they recorded. It, it was on uh, on one of the episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Ryu Chewy Ryu I can't pronounce that. But it was a Christmas Carol, and the Monkees were uh, performed it on one of their episodes. It's a classic. You know, and uh, and it's uh, Spanish. It's from Spain, you know, and it's very old, very old. But it's uh, but the way they sang it, it was uh, and uh, because I think there was no music accompaniment. There's no uh, that, so they sang it alone. You know, no music. And uh, that's a wonderful Christmas carol. I love that. I love the Christmas episode too. It's it's a classic. They featured uh, Butch Patrick. From the monsters, he spoiled, and he played a real spoiled, rotten kid. <laughs> it's you have Eddie Monsters and the Monsters, good combo. Okay, that'll be all for today. Uh, for episode eighty-six, season four, for uh, for Chicago and stories, I discuss Christmas window displays at department stores in Chicago. Also, Mike Nesmith of his death. And memories of the monkeys. I'm glad you could join me. Thank you for listening. Uh, I might do a podcast episode tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, first, I have to think about what I'll talk about. Or if not, then it'll be Tuesday. That would be 80, episode 87. Okay. Thank you for joining me. And bye bye for now. And here's Ray Rayner saying bye bye for now, everybody. Take care and so long. We have to go. Bye bye bye.